0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, Audings. This is the Something
1: Scary Podcast. I'm your Ate Sapphire. For today's episode, we'll be traveling to different islands. First, we'll stop by Jamaica to hear about the terrifying Duppy. After that, we'll encounter the Tao Tau Mona of Guam. And finally, we'll follow an army recruit on his jungle training on a mysterious island. I receive hundreds of amazing story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that I've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com/snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it visit patreon.com/snarled so one isn't this scary don't invite a duppy the following story was inspired by chan i live in jamaica here everyone has ghost stories or as we call them duppy stories My obsession with Duppy began when I was 11, when I was at my grandma's funeral. There was nobody in attendance except me, my little sisters Tanya and Nina, my mom and my uncle Louis. They lowered my grandma's coffin into the ground and my uncle placed an upside down shrub on the coffin, roots pointed up. I looked up at my mom who was staring intently at the grave. Mom, what is that? She was stone faced and said nothing. My Uncle Louis put his hand on my shoulder. Little Chan, when people die, the good soul goes up to heaven and the bad soul stays in the ground. After three days, the bad soul's shadow rises up and walks the earth as a duppy. He continued, if the shrub faces down, the shadow gets confused and stays put. But if the shrub faces right side up, he shook his head and clicked his tongue. My mother became enraged. Stop telling her that shit, she hissed. From that day on, Duppy were all I could think about. I followed my Uncle Lewis around, asking him to tell me more Duppy stories. Duppy? He laughed. They're as real as me or you, but they're all bad. They're mean. They can grab you, hurt you, or worse. Don't look for Duppy, and never ever invite a Duppy to come to you. But are there any cute Duppy? I asked. You wouldn't like them. They stink of death and they have no face, just wide, grinning teeth. He made a scary face and I screamed. Then we both laughed hysterically. The next day, I skipped through the graveyard carrying a basket of flowers and placed them one by one in front of 13 tombstones. With each one I placed, I said, Duppy, Duppy, come to me. A week later, the worst possible thing happened. Uncle Lewis was killed in town by a mugger. The culprit got away and was never found. And just like that, we were burying another relative. I was given the job of placing the shrub on the coffin. I thought about my Uncle Lewis and how I would do anything to see him again. I placed the shrub on his coffin and uttered under my breath, Duppy, Duppy, come to me. We inherited my grandma's house from Uncle Louis, and my sister's mom and I moved in after the funeral. There was a coldness about my grandma's house. It was sad and smelled weird. The lights in some of the rooms didn't turn on, and what daylight came in through the windows was dimmed by the large trees outside. My mom became weirdly needy to me and my sisters. I would walk Tanya and Nina home from school and find my mom sitting on the veranda, waiting for us to get home. She smiled and welcomed us, but her eyes wore a secret pain. I think she didn't want to be alone inside the house. At night, the wind had begun to bellow and shake the walls. My mom would cook meals and they would become rotten when she turned her back on them. She dragged a cot into our room to sleep and abandoned her own room altogether. Then one day, my mom confronted me. She asked me, Chan, what direction did you plant the shrub on top of Uncle Lewis? I stammered. The, the way I was supposed to, with the, the roots pointing up. I lied. I see, she said with a calm fury. Pangs of guilt stung my skin. Later that night, the wind got so loud that the rattling of the roof woke me up. My mom and my sisters were sound asleep. I groped through the darkness to the kitchen and poured myself a glass of water. On my way back to the room, the wind built in intensity and the door to my mom's bedroom began to swing rapidly open and shut. I was too curious to turn away. I peeked through the door and there was just my mom's empty bed and personal things she hadn't bothered to remove. The trees thrashed violently outside the window. I took a few steps forward until I was standing at the center of the room. The wind erupted into a chorus and whistled louder than ever. I got a knot in my stomach as I smelled something rotten. I heard my own teeth chattering and my curiosity turned to pure tread. The closet door creaked ajar and what I saw turned my legs to quivering jelly. A hand with long pointy fingers curled around the closet door. My hands softened. I heard my water glass shatter on the ground. My body pivoted weakly towards the window. The moon came out from behind the clouds and twisting trees and revealed 13 silhouettes standing in the room with me, one for every flower I placed in the graveyard. They bore featureless faces and grinning mouths. Too stunned to run, I fell terrified to the ground, fumbling and clambering awkwardly to the exit on my hands, elbows, and knees. Bony fingers clawed at me and tried to pull me back. They scratched my skin as I struggled loose. A hand grabbed my ankle and almost yanked me away until I kicked for my life. Trembling, I finally scrambled through the door and slammed it shut behind me. The wind moaned in concert with labored gasps as the sound of hands battered the door. I began to weep as I nervously ran back down the hall mom tanya nina we need to leave this house now i opened the door to the bedroom where my family slept in an instant i felt my whole world drop away beneath me there on the floor were the lifeless bodies of tanya nina and my mom above them stood a shadowy figure it was my uncle Louis, but his warm eyes and comforting smile were gone now replaced with a terrifying grin and unearthly stench, he stepped towards me and said,
0: "Dobby, Duffy, come to me. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality.
1: Our next story comes from Kristen and takes place in Guam. My mom was active duty military, so I constantly moved around, but I grew up in the United States. My mother was born and raised in Guam, in a village in the South. When I was seven years old, my mother was on her second tour, almost her third, when my family had the option to choose where to be stationed. At the time, my great-grandparents weren't doing so well since my great-grandfather had been diagnosed with cancer and my great-grandmother Alzheimer's. My mother wanted to be stationed in Guam so she would be able to take care of her family and catch up with everyone else. She grew up Catholic and was very close with her family. And I mean super close. Everyone lived on the same street and it wasn't uncommon for a family member to just show up in your house. It was the norm. Later in the year, my mother got her orders, and as she requested, she was stationed in the naval base in Santa Rita. So we packed up our things and left as soon as we could. I never felt so excited to get out of the mainland and live on a warm, tropical island. When we got there, we were greeted by all of my Chamorro family. The Chamorro people live by respect, from the living and the dead, especially the Tau, Tau Mona. The Tau Tau Mona are known to the Chamorro culture as ancestral spirits that roam the island of Guam. The Chamorro people created lati stones in jungles as a home for the Tau Tau Monas to stay in during the daytime, and it was also believed that they would sleep in nunu trees or banyan trees. At night they would roam in the jungles and streets. So one evening, my auntie and cousins were staying at our house because my auntie recently got divorced. We were outside on the patio, giggling and laughing until dark. The tone of the patio turned from joyful to empty. My cousin Courtney told a joke which made me burst out laughing, but I was quickly hushed by my auntie and Courtney. Shut up, Kristen, they both said in an almost whispering voice. Why? I asked. Aren't you afraid a Tau Tau Mona will come out of that jungle because you disturbed it? What do you mean? A Tau Tau Mona is a spirit that wanders at night, and when it is disturbed, they will bruise and scratch and cut you in your sleep, said Courtney. Wait, are you for real? I asked. Yes, we are serious. Now ask for forgiveness or they'll get you. Me being me, I thought this was something religious. My dad was a strict atheist, so I grew up not thinking much about faith. I hadn't done as they asked, so they just warned me to keep an eye out tonight. I went back inside. A few hours later, I went to bed and fell asleep as soon as my head hit the pillow. I hadn't slept well that night and actually had a nightmare, but not just any nightmare, a recurring nightmare I've had before I moved. It was that of an extremely tall black silhouette standing outside the back door of my old house with the living room TV on, filling the room with white noise, while that thing just stared at me through the glass of the door. To this day, I still get that dream, but not as often as when I was little. It always makes me uneasy. I'm still not sure what that dream means, but I'm sure it's a sign of something terrible that had happened. Or is going to happen. I woke up the next morning to a sharp pain in my lower back, almost like a sting, and what appeared to look like a bruise, shaped like a hand. Not only that, I had a bunch of tiny bruises on my legs. I was in shock, and I couldn't make any sense of it. I went to go find Courtney to ask her if she saw anything on my back, because the pain wouldn't go away, and when she lifted up the back of my shirt, she gasped. (gasps) We told you to ask for forgiveness. What? I shouted. You have a giant cut down your back. She looked down at my legs. What are those? Bruises? I noticed them this morning. There's one that is almost in the shape of a hand, it seems. I showed her the mark. She paused and looked at me. Tonight, you and I are going into that jungle to find a new Nunu tree. Why? I asked. If you don't ask for forgiveness, you'll get injuries far worse than last night's, she said. Later that day, the sun set and Courtney was ready to go. All she carried was a jar of food and some coins. What are those for, I asked? Offerings. When you find that Nunu tree, you'll place these near it, get on your knees, and ask for forgiveness for disturbing them. I don't recommend anyone just go up to a Nunu tree. Any smart person would know that doing this, especially at night, is almost like standing on top of a latte stone, which is serious bad luck. At night is when the tau-tau monas roam freely, where during the day, it is much safer. But Courtney and I were 11 and 9 at the time, so we didn't exactly think about the consequences of this. We entered the jungle, and not that far in, we spotted a nunu tree. Courtney stopped. I'm not going any further. Take these and do exactly what I said. Now go. She handed me the jar and coins and motioned me to walk to the tree. The jungle was still and quiet, almost unsettling. I walked up to the tree and found a clearing between its hanging roots. I got down on my knees and placed the jar and coins around me. Spirits that roam in the area that surrounds your home, please forgive me accept this offering as an addition to my apology. My apology was not the greatest because I didn't know what to say and only prayed it worked. I stopped and sat there, with my eyes closed, in total silence. It felt like ages before I got up and walked away from the tree, leaving the jar and coins on the ground, and walked towards the direction of Courtney, where she was waiting outside of the jungle. We didn't say a word to each other until we got home. The night went on and Courtney and I went to bed. This time, sleeping almost seemed peaceful and graceful. Nothing happened the entire night. Days later, I go to visit my great grandparents where my family and I spent the night at their house to help take care of them. The day went by fast and it was getting dark. My mother had asked me to go down the family road to my aunt's house to get something from my great grandmother. It was almost pitch black except for one street light lighting up the top of the hill And, as for my luck, I had to go downhill where it was nothing but pure darkness. I walked down the hill to my aunt's house at the very bottom of the street and grabbed the thing my mom wanted me to get. A blanket? I asked myself. Why did she need this? I started back up the hill when I noticed something on the side of the dirt road. A tall, black silhouette. It was looking towards the jungle on the other side. I called out to it, thinking it was my stupid cousins trying to pull a prank on me. Nate? Tristan? I called. The silhouette walked into the direction of the road and stopped. I looked at the silhouette and it looked much taller than I thought. It turned to look at me and stared, just as the figure from my dream did. And just like that, it rushed towards me. I didn't know what to do, so I screamed and covered myself with a blanket. I felt the shadow run into me, but I was still alive. I was fine. I could hear it rushing around my body, trying to find a way in, but I hid myself neatly beneath the blanket. I shivered on the street all alone while I listened to this thing angrily search for a way in. And after some time, the sound went away. I gingerly removed the blanket and looked out. It was still there, back at its original position. But this time, the shadow emitted a sharp light. It seemed to have noticed something. It was the blanket. I spun it around, and on it was a picture of a nunu tree. I looked back at the shadow as it slowly started to fade. I gasped. It was the Taotao Tao Mona, and it was coming to get me at night. But it remembered I had prayed at the nunu tree. And just like that. It was gone. I ran home and gave the blanket to my mother. I never encountered any more Tao Tao Mona ever again. Thank you for sending that story in, Kristen, and I apologize if I pronounced anything incorrectly, which I'm pretty sure that I did. Um, I'm glad that you were safe that night from the Tao Tao Mona, and I'm very curious to know what would have happened if you didn't have that blanket. Do they have the ability to take your life or would they just bruise and cut you up a little bit more? If anybody has any more information about these spirits, let me know. Now we've reached our final chapter. This is a true story submitted by Hafizan from Brunei. I was raised in a very superstitious household. We believed in ghosts, spirits, and hauntings, since my grandfather was a shaman and believed that his lineage could sense any spiritual beings nearby. When I was 15 years old, my third brother joined the military. Mind you that out of five in the family, my third brother has the strongest sixth sense. His name is Hamdan. He could see spirits and interact with them at will, while the rest of us would usually get surprised unwanted visits. So when I was 15 and he was 24, he joined the army. Three months after recruit training, he went for another jungle training for three days. There were 25 other recruits who he worked and trained with, but he was only close with two of them, Rocky and Alan. On the first day of training, they flew on a helicopter to an island that they were not told any information about. They arrived in the campsite about 3 p.m. in the afternoon. While everyone was told to set up camp, my brother was told to get wood for fire and for simple furniture, so he went into the forest alone with his jungle knife. After fifteen minutes of looking for a sturdy tree to cut down, he met an old lady. She had a soft, wrinkly face, nothing scary. She asked my brother what he was doing, and he just answered with what he intended to do in the jungle and proceeded to ask the old lady the same thing. She said that she was just looking for wild vegetables to eat for supper. After that, she proceeded to offer my brother help finding sturdy trees he could cut down, He agreed, and they went together, and they had a friendly conversation. The walk only felt like five minutes, and she pointed at trees that were perfect for him to use. So they both cut down the trees and tied them together, and my brother thanked her for helping him, and they proceeded to part ways. As he walked towards his camp with a pile of wood in his arms, he realized that it was already dark. I was only out for 30 minutes. How can it be nighttime already? He thought to himself, as it proceeded to become pitch black, he continued walking, hoping that he was going in the right direction. Suddenly, oh he recognized God. two voices oh shouting his name. Where are you?" He felt the sudden relief and replied, I'm here! What took you so long? You were gone for like almost four hours, Ellen said. That can't be right, my brother said. It only felt like 30 minutes. He told them about the old lady, which kind of creeped them out, Then he tried to pick the heap of wood back up, but it was much heavier than it was before. Or maybe his arms were just tired. So Rocky and Alan helped him carry the load back to camp. That night after dinner, they went into their tents and promptly knocked out. My brother had a peculiar dream. He dreamt that he was at this old mansion in a jungle. It felt so realistic, he could recall every detail He entered the mansion and there, to his surprise, was the lady, the lady who helped him find those sturdy trees. He was in shock. The lady only stared at him and smiled and said, Welcome, dear. My name is Grandma Temanik. This is my home. My brother politely nodded and said hello, too. She offered to go to her dining room to consume hot beverages. My brother asked if anybody else was in the mansion, but she said no. She told a story how she only lives alone and she lived in the island for as long as she could remember. She seemed so fond of my brother, and then she proceeded to ask if my brother wanted to stay. My brother felt a chilling rush over his body. He was scared to say no, so he politely declined and told her that he has a future wife and a family to go home to. She understood, smiled, and finally nodded in agreement that it was all right. He smiled and nodded, too, and said he had to go soon. He suddenly woke up to his colleague saying that it was breakfast time. When they were eating at the campfire, along with his commanding officer, he told everyone about his dream. His commanding officer looked shocked and almost choked on his bread when my brother told him the name of the old lady. He said, you got to be kidding me. Do you know what this island is called? My brother shook his head. We're on Temanik Island. A few days later, after coming home from his jungle training, my brother told my parents about his experience. I'm glad that you didn't accept her offer to stay on the island, my dad said. Why, my brother asked. I don't think you would have awakened from that dream. I think you would have become part of the land, along with Grandma Temanik. Don't Invite a Duppy was inspired by Chan. Audio for this story edited by Johnny Ashley. All other story scripts edited by Adam Sinker and Sapphire Sandalo. Music and audio editing for this podcast by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, Send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com/snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, join our Patreon at patreon.com/snarled. And if you dare, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at awkwardsapphire and YouTube and Twitch at sapphiresandalo. Until next time, sweet dreams.
0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto.